Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. Good evening, everyone. It is 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Thursday night, November 9th, 2017. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is JB. My co-host sitting to my southwest of the United States is DG. Sir, how are you? I am doing fabulous, folks. Once again, for only the fourth time this year, we pretty much <laughs> what we've pretty much done this year is uh it's about one episode a season. So this is pretty much a I would say it's like a milestone for us. So the fourth episode we've done the entire year. Folks, do you realize that we used to do this show every single week? As a matter of fact, there were times where we'd done three episodes in one week or two episodes a week every week. But no, not anymore. It's Pure Gold. Make sure to check us out, puregoldpg.com. I honestly cannot remember the last time that website was updated. I know that I've been paying for it monthly out of my own pocket, and it pretty much uh, hasn't been updated in months, sir, just like our lives. Woo! Well, if there's anything... As a matter of fact, the website is down right now, so I better make that payment tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anything constant in this pure gold universe is that we always do a show right around Survivor Series. That's how Pure Gold started on YouTube, I believe. So uh, here we are, what, two weeks away from Survivor Series, and uh, we're doing a show, so it's it's apropos, if, if it will. No, it definitely is. I was actually telling Kelly, our producer, which is the whole reason we call her our producer, because obviously, definitely, maybe we don't have a producer. It's just two schmucks talking on their phones somehow. <laughs> I mean, there was a time where we got together in person. There was there was a time where this was a professional show. There was a time where uh, I used my, you know, podcasting equipment that I bought. And I mean, I, I've all the times that I've moved and gone to different places and different states, I still have that equipment. I haven't used it in years. Um, when we were in Newark, you know, we had, of course, the real studio in the middle of a, of a dumpster or wherever that was, you know, dumpster fire in Newark. But um, anyway, the, to make a long story short, too late, by the way, um, you know, this show started via YouTube, like Joe said, um, what, well, six years ago? It was about six years ago, right? Pretty much 2010. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, so... But it was late 2010, so seven years. This would be seven years now. And uh, Kelly, our producer, our esteemed producer, she's the one who actually suggested that we do the YouTube videos. And we were like, oh, this is great. Maybe we can make some money off of it. Of course, we never saw a dime. And we only made a couple of episodes. But it was difficult for us to get in, you know, get together in person. And I found out about Blog Talk Radio and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, this is the 205th episode that we've done. Um, but over the course, it sounds like a lot, but over the course of seven years, considering this is 52 weeks in a year, not exactly a lot of episodes, sir. I mean, we could literally be on episode um, 400 or so. I mean, we could be celebrating 500 episodes right now. You know, if we even if we did one a week over the course of seven years, that's, what, 350-some-odd episodes, but we're a little bit behind. Yeah, a little bit behind, but we're trying to get to year 10 so that one of us will be arrested for a Ponzi scheme and we'll break up and uh, WFA will hire us. <laughs> of course. Well, at that point, well, one of us will also be in jail, so it's kind of besides the point. Um, I know that that's not where we're going to start, but since you brought it up, did you see the ludicrous comments Craig Carton made the other day? I think it was the USA Today, if I'm not mistaken. I actually forget which publication he had the interview with. But did you see that, sir? Did you see what this goofball was saying? It was USA Today, and I can't believe that he's he's playing the victim role here, where he says that he's completely innocent, and he, like I said, he's the victim. I, I mean, is that really the defense that he's going to go with uh, after swindling about four million dollars of people's money? Yeah, and and how is he the victim? Victim of what exactly? I mean, he's not, let's just say hypothetically speaking, his partner was the one, the mastermind behind it all. And Craig had no knowledge, which, of course, none of us believe that. You and I definitely don't believe that because this guy 
is a gambling addict. This guy totally 100%, like we said on that episode, that we dedicated exclusively to his scumhood back in September, <laughs> ironically enough, about two months ago, almost exactly to the day, he's exactly the kind of guy that you think would do this. He's exactly the type of personality and person that you completely believe it, you completely expect it. Well, yeah, Craig Carton did that, totally believe it. But anyway, even if he didn't know anything about it, how is he the victim? The victims are the people who got taken for the ride and all their money is gone. Those are the real victims. I mean, he could have said something else. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess you're not going to say, yeah, I did it. It's, you know, you're not going to cop a plea to that. But this whole mentality of, well, this is terrible and uh, woe is me. I mean, come on, Craig, really? That's, that's the role you want to play here? You're, you're a joke. You really are an absolute buffoon. He really is. I mean, I guess the only the, the thing he's playing victim is that he lost his job. He, you know, he has no income now, and he's he's trying to support uh, his entire family on basically no income. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all he's saying. Does his wife work? I mean, did that ever come up in the show? I know Boomer never talked about his wife, but did he? Yeah, I I, I thought she was running some kind of like little shop, but I don't even know if it was profitable or non profitable. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about much about Kim Carn. I know her name is Kim, obviously. Uh, definitely, maybe, but uh, that's all I really know about her. I don't even know what she looks like, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, who knows? The fact that she married Craig, uh, you know, mistake number one in her life, but that's besides the point. And obviously, anybody who's ever listened to the show or had a conversation with me in real life, you know that I'm not a fan of Craig's, and I do feel bad for his kids. We said this earlier, and I don't I don't want to go on a rant about Carton, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, he brought this upon himself. He brought this upon his family, and it's his fault, so... I have no sympathy for him. I, I do feel bad for the kids, but at the end of the day, you know, we as parents make decisions that affect our kids, so unfortunately that's just the way that it is. But uh, let's move on from that, sir, because there's so many other things we can discuss. Yeah, definitely, maybe, obviously. <laughs> well, first of all, I guess second of all, because the current thing was first of all, um, you know, we're coming off all these different events. Joe mentioned it. I mean, we're going to probably spend the vast majority of our time talking about the Survivor Series and I know that we have a special guest who wants to join us, or at least, you know, there's some variation of a special guest. I'm not even sure. This is the kind of planning we do for these shows, that we just pretty much go back and forth for hours and hours. Hey, we're going to do this. Oh, what about this show? And how about this? And you, are you going to show up? Uh, but, sir, you did something special, if I'm not mistaken, with your daughter. You want to you wanna kind of fill us in on that while I take a nap? <laughs> go ahead. Uh, well, I want to tell you that tonight, uh, for the first time ever, Sabrina, my daughter, who's now on the air, on the line with us right now, has joined us. Uh, we went to our first hockey game, and the reason why I want to bring her on the show is because not only was it her first hockey game in the Prudential Center, but it was a WWE theme night. So uh, Daniel Bryan was oh, there. Oh, that was tonight. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Dan- Daniel Bryan was there. He was, um, you know, doing a lot of giveaways, a lot of promotions. They were doing a lot of, like, different entrance musics. And, uh, yes. It was really, it was yes. really cool because... It was yes. So, yes. So we had a good time, and uh, you know, like in between commercials, when um, when the cameras are uh, towards the fans, you know, the fans do crazy things, and Sabrina was able to uh, get on the big screen TV for about ten seconds and uh, doing her little oh, dance. Nice. Moves. She's a little famous now, and uh, she joined us on the air. So, Sabrina, welcome to Pure Gold. Hello. Hi. I'm very bad at talking. That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. So Sabrina, why don't you tell us what happened? Because uh, your dad, who shall remain nameless, didn't exactly do a great job of explaining it. But you went to the you went to the Prudential Center or the Rock, as the kids call it. So tell us about that. Um, uh, so there was this very weird feeling in the beginning where we were just left outside alone and we couldn't get inside the Prudential Center because somebody <laughs> wouldn't come with our freaking tickets. Right, no cursing up your gold, please. <laughs> oh, please continue, Sabrina, please. And then some weird people come up to us saying, we want money, we want money, can you give us some money? Yeah, they're, they're called homeless people, Sabrina, they're called hobos. <laughs> Carry on. All right, so hobos came up to us. And then we finally got inside, we went up the escalator, we see a dog standing, but the man's rubbing its belly. So awkward. Oh, this, this is great detail. I love this. Now, now, um, continue, Sabrina, please. The fans are riveted by this. I want to know more. 
So you ran into some hobos. They came with your tickets. Finally, eventually, you got into the building. You saw a guy rubbing his dog's belly. Uh, can you tell us a bit about the event? Did anything Did anything cool happen there, or were you just, like, bothered the entire night? Well, the only thing cool that happened there was... <laughs> what, um, that you got on TV, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Sabrina, That's i got to tell you, you have a future in radio, because you pretty much sound just like your dad as far as his uh, uncanny ability to describe events and just be extremely charismatic, so... I would say you have a future in this show, uh, definitely. Obviously, maybe. Sabrina, before we let you go now, <laughs> we have a quick question for you. Now, uh, three years ago, the whole Yes movement with Daniel Bryan, which is fitting that he was at uh, at the Prudential Center promoting uh, the Devil's Game plus SmackDown, um, you were into wrestling big time, and over the last couple of years, you just haven't really – you've lost touch with wrestling. And um, can you explain why, in your opinion, you've – like lost interest over the last three years. Like, has the product been so bad that you just don't like it anymore, or <laughs> just not the wrestling anymore? Yeah. What What's the real reason here? Um, the real reason is it isn't the now thing. It isn't the now thing. Okay. Yes, phones are now, and fidget spinners are now, and so, wrestling is just gone, gone, gone forever. So, Sabrina, you you pay no attention to wrestling because you're playing with fidget spinners and playing on your phone. Basically, <laughs> that's, that sounds about right. That's that's pretty that's pretty accurate assessment, Joe. Yeah, I mean, what, do you have anything else to tell us, Sabrina? I know that uh, you were asking before we went on the air. You were asking, how does Dave now take this show and put it on iTunes? So you'll be able to hear yourself on iTunes probably by tomorrow if Dave has paid the bill. If he hasn't paid the bill, you might never hear yourself on <laughs> iTunes. So <laughs> probably, yeah, that's uh, that's actually true. Yeah, so that's that's how it's going to work. Is that that Dave will. It actually gets automatically uploaded to iTunes, and you'll be able to download it onto your phone. So if you want to listen to yourself, Yeah, you yeah, can you listen can. to it, and it'll be awesome. Yeah. So if there's anything else, Sabrina, if not, uh, you have a pleasant evening, and I know the bed is waiting for you upstairs. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. That was our special guest. That was the the one and only, the incomparable Sabrina. And I tell you, sir, hey, do you remember when we did uh, that whole thing, especially the intro there, uh Smooth transition. I mean, if you can't tell, I'm being sarcastic, but um, that whole the whole beginning and everything, it sounded kind of like the way we started off at um, when we did the whole fantasy female thing and we got canned pretty much. I mean, that yeah, yeah. that was you. That whole thing reminds me of you. The second year when we went into the tag team and your whole intro was just, <laughs> just like all over the place. It was awesome. Pure gold. No, definitely. Um, and aside from that, though, definitely, maybe, obviously, we appreciate Sabrina coming on, kind of giving us her take. I thought it was interesting what she said, the, her her reasoning for not being interested. First of all, I didn't know she didn't like wrestling anymore, but um, the fact that she's not into it is because it's just not the now thing. It's interesting because, I mean, obviously, you know, she's, what, like 15, 16 right now? Um, yeah. <laughs> kids her age, whatever her actual age is, because I don't even know. She's got to be, like, 30. Um, um, I know I'm not thirty. <laughs> she just turned nine. Well, oh nine. Okay, perfect. That's that's you're you're you'll be thirty in a couple months. So yeah. Sabrina's nine, right? And she's at the age where the WWE wants kids. They want them to go. They want the nine-year-olds, eight-year-olds, seven, ten, fifteen. You know, five, six-year-olds like my kids. Um, they want the kids there and they want them hooked to the product because the kids are the ones. Again, her age are the ones who are going to bring the dads, who are going to bring the moms, who are going to bring the families, and then you're going to go buy them the title belts, you're going to buy them the shirts and everything else. But the truth of the matter is that I think overall the product in general, you know, it's it's the cycle, it goes up and down, but I feel like it's been so subpar that people are just not into it, and if they can't get a nine-year-old or they can't get her class or her age to kind of latch onto it when it's supposed to be larger than life, I mean, uh, JB, honestly, what hope do they have to get the older crowd? What hope do they – if they can't even captivate the interest of a 9-year-old, how are they going to get a 16-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 30-year-old? So give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, the way they're doing it is trying to um, market themselves as part as a part of the mainstream sports media, you know, as part of the mainstream sports. So – you know, they they partner with the NHL, they partner with Major League Baseball. Uh, Triple H tries to 
send a championship belt every time a major team, a major sports team wins. So he's they're trying to now reach out to the sports fan, which I I feel is a mistake because it's very rare that you have people that like sports and like wrestling only because I mean, I, I think I might be the only, out of me and you, maybe one other friend actually likes sports and wrestling. I think that you have to cater to the people specifically towards wrestling. You can't go and branch out to the, the major sports and, and hope to attract that fan base. I really think that's a big mistake. Well, I actually disagree with you because you and I are not the only 12, you know, to call us fans is it's kind of pushing it, but you and I are not the only people who are into wrestling and also into legitimate sports. I mean, if you look on Twitter, I remember over the years, especially when I had my, I had a pretty large Twitter account with like 1,200 followers, 1,500, I forget, it was in the thousands. But, I mean, I knew plenty of guys, mostly guys, you know, and there were some girls, but it was mostly the guys who, like us, similar age, age range, enjoy the product, enjoy the WWE, and also enjoy real sports. There's actually quite a bit. But I think the problem is that, what the WWE does, they think that people are. I mean, I, I personally think it's cool that Triple H does it. I think with the Astros winning the World Series, and we could, of course, get into that later. Um, you know, the fact that they they won, he sends in the title. Boom! First thing, he's. I'm sure they have both belts made. You know, they probably have the um the especially with Game Seven and everything. He could have gone either way. Um, they have the Dodgers belt made. They have the the Astros belt made. He tweets out, oh, congratulations to the Astros, but we're going to send him a title. A lot of the guys on these teams like wrestling. They do because they're older and they kind of grew up with it like we did. And, of course, you know, LeBron James, all the, the Cavaliers, a lot of teams have traditions. Um, I forget his name. I think J.J. Redick, uh, or I forget his name. He plays baseball. I'm pretty sure his last name is Redick. I think it's J.J. Redick. I'm not even sure. But, anyway, he's a baseball player, and he, Josh Redick maybe, who knows, he is the one who, on his team, he was in the Dodgers this year, if I'm not mistaken, he had a title belt, and he was kind of passing him around. He had his belt made, different teams. And this is the way it is. Like, these guys love this. They think it's great. But I don't think it translates to the fans. And that's kind of where I'm going with that. I realize it's kind of, I said a lot to say a little, but, you know, a lot of these guys do like professional wrestling. A lot of the, you know, athletes, they show them. Although, I haven't seen it as much lately, but then again, I'm not spending three hours watching Raw because I have a life. Um, but you get what I'm saying? I think they're trying to market. They're trying to get that exposure. I think Triple H giving them a title is cool, but I, no one's watching wrestling because, oh, cool, the WWE gave the Astros a title. The Astros fans aren't going to flock to the WWE because, you know, they were given a, a WWE championship belt, right? Or the the Cavaliers fans or the Golden State Warriors fans, you know, or whatever other sport, football, the Patriots fans. You know, these people are not going to come turn on wrestling because of that. I mean, Rob Gronkowski has showed up on the WWE programming. You know, maybe I just don't think that there's a lot of market. It's all—it's like, all right, let me give an example. This whole UFC thing, what they're planning on doing with the four horsewomen of the UFC versus the WWE—that's going to get eyes on the product. Don't get me wrong. But once that pay-per-view is over, if it's WrestleMania or whatever, who's going to watch this again? What MMA? What legitimate UFC MMA fan is going to want to watch wrestling where everything is predetermined? You know, to me, yeah. I like wrestling because wrestling is fixed, but, you know, there's there's a competitive nature. Most likely, you're not going to get a five-second squash match for a title match. Whereas in the UFC, I mean, that can happen. Somebody get choked out in 40 seconds or 20 seconds or 30 seconds. Look at Ronda Rousey most of her career. Basically, up until she lost, all her fights were over within a minute, basically, you know? So, that to me is boring. But anyway, you get what I'm saying, sir? Like, what UFC fans, they may, they'll tune in to WrestleMania or one of these pay-per-views that they're on, but once Rousey's gone, who's going to care? You get what I'm saying? No, I I I, I hear what you're saying with the that. I just felt, I guess what I meant was the reason why I I disagreed with the the whole sports uh, partnering with sports is that I think athletes, you know, they do like wrestling, but do they like wrestling to the point that we do? I mean, we follow storylines. I'm pretty sure major athletes are not following storylines and and are um, having debates and having shows on. The product, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I'm pretty sure LeBron James is not is not you know having a show with uh, he's not bombing threes from every which angle with uh, you know J.R. <laughs> Smith or Dwayne right. Wade talking about the you know the latest WWE pay per view or you know the fact that AJ Styles won the championship. I'm pretty sure you know that that uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Steph Curry isn't up there with uh, you know Clay Thompson and they're debating uh, storylines between which which brand is going to claim superiority in the Survivor Series or SmackDown. I get that, but my kind of point is that 
you, wrestling's not cool anymore. Wrestling used to be cool in the Attitude Era that we're so fond of. I mean, wrestling was it. They they were mainstream. Everybody loved wrestling. Just like in the 80s, you know, when Hulk Hogan kind of carried his WWE on his back. And, you know, we can even, on the 30 for 30 thing, this is kind of my whole reasoning for why I think that Hulk Hogan is the greatest of all time, without doubt, without question, and no one can touch him. As great of a career as Flair had, and obviously Flair has won, like, over 20-something, 23 world championships, even though for some odd reason the WWE only recognizes, you know, 16 of them, which is very strange. And we can kind of get into this whole title thing. But anyway, the reason I think Hulk Hogan is the greatest of all time is because he people watch wrestling simply because of him. Yes, Piper was great. Yes, the Junkyard Dog was popular. Yes, you know, the Macho Man is one of the bar none greatest overall, you know, talents in the history of wrestling. You know, and the list goes on and on. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, et cetera, et cetera. All these guys were amazing and they were great and people loved the WWF back then. But Hulk Hogan was the man. He carried on his back. He did what nobody else could do. John Cena has had a longer run at the top and a more grueling schedule than Hulk Hogan did. I mean, that's pretty much across the board. Although I guess it's almost debatable because Cena has started his main push in 05. And then, you know, it's 2017. It's 12 years. He's not at the top anymore. And he hasn't been carrying the product for quite a while. So Hogan had his nine-year run. You know, the first, what, nine WrestleManias pretty much were mostly focused on Hulk Hogan, and he had a nine, ten-year run at the top of the, uh, the company, right? So, anyway, Hogan made it. People thought of him. They connected him with wrestling. You know, he was the Babe Ruth of wrestling. He's the guy who, wow, you know, when you, people still can talk about Hulk Hogan. They still know who he is. As talented as Ric Flair is, and, you know, to me, I, I'll always say Flair is overrated, but, you know, as, as much as he can go 16-minute Ironman matches and they have space on and everything else, you know, he just didn't have that popularity. He didn't have the personality that Hogan had. He didn't have the charisma that Hogan had. Is Flair good on the mic? Yes. Is Flair a great in-ring tactician? Yes. Is he a great wrestler? Yes. Is he a great overall performer? Yes. Probably, to me, I still say Shawn Michaels is the greatest overall performer of all time. But, you know, Michaels got his stuff from Flair. Everybody says it's Flair, right? That Flair is the greatest. And you mentioned the whole thing with the 30 for 30. But at the end of the day, Ric Flair, you switch places. Ric Flair would not have made wrestling what it was in the 80s and early 90s. If he was the man at WWF, the WWF would be out of business right now. If Hogan had been the man at WCW, you know, and you had similar creative, he would have done it because he's just that good. He was that popper. He was the right guy at the right time. Anybody else in Hogan's spot would have failed. And Cena, for all his years of carrying the company, it's not popular anymore. It's waned in popularity. You know, The Rock, when he had his couple of years, Austin, his couple of years at the top, they just weren't, they weren't Hogan. You know, they weren't that level. They weren't the guy who could carry the company on his back for a decade and just make it mainstream and make it popular. And I realized that the argument is kind of like semantic because obviously when Hogan made it mainstream, nobody else can make it mainstream. But that's my point. You put anybody else in Hogan's spot at that era they would not have succeeded. I, I mean, again, I know you haven't seen the, the 30 for 30, but when Hulk Hogan um, tells you that Ric Flair is the best and he tells you that he's the reason why he says that is because he put him over. Ric Flair had no ego about losing a title, a world title. And, um, you know, as much as he I love that, He was a 23-time champion. Come on, of course he had no ego, but he was, 20, he was a champ 23 times. Right. No, I'm just saying that Hulk Hogan basically said on the 30 for 30 that I watched. I watched it last night, even though it was on Tuesday night. I watched the, the rest of it um, last night, and Hulk Hogan admittedly said that he had no um, he had no in ring talent in terms of he only had a couple moves himself, and he had, of had the same he had the same gimmick every match where he would Hulk up, and I feel like Hulk Hogan would, is yes he he made wrestling what it was today in terms of, like, the popularity and everything like that. But I think if he didn't partner with Vince McMahon, I don't think Hulk – if you look at Hulk Hogan's career when he first started out, he was a heel, and he wasn't, like, this popular guy. He wasn't, like, Hulk Hogan in the, with the red and yellow. Um, he was just a regular heel wrestler. I think part of it was packaging to be this great superhero, like Superman, basically, of the 80s. Right. Is what turned him into being this huge, giant superstar. Uh, without Vince McMahon – if if Hulk Hogan started in WCW NWA days and stayed there, 
he wouldn't have been as big as he was without Vince McMahon. I really truly feel that. I get what you're saying, and I do believe that Vince had to play a big part in it. My point is that you can't – Hogan's not interchangeable. You can't say you put Flair in that spot with Vince behind him and he gets that big. Flair's not – he's just not that guy. He's not that charismatic. And I'm, obviously Flair, you know, people are going to say it's blasphemy. But what I'm saying is that Hogan had the shoulders. He had the – and I mean that figuratively. He had the build. He had the he had the ability to put it on his back and run with it and take it through the trenches. Nobody else could have done that. You put anybody else in that spot, Hogan is irreplaceable. And, I, of course, Flair is immensely more talented than Hulk Hogan could ever be. Hulk Hogan, I, I think, you know, people kind of overstate how bad Hogan was in the ring. But, I mean, he was at least somewhat competent. And he was able to do it. Yes, he hulked up. Yes, he did all these things. Flair flopped down. Flair would do his, you know, throw his jacket on the floor and elbow drop it and knee drop it and all that stuff, faking heart attacks in WCW. I get what you're saying. You need Vince to make sure that Hogan was the greatest of all time. But if you put Flair and Vince together in that same time period, wrestling is not what it is today. There's no rock and roll connection without Hulk Hogan. There is no because he was the right guy, and he to me is irreplaceable. John Cena, and I keep going back to Cena because he's the current day Hulk Hogan. You could have put somebody else in Cena's spot, and they would have been successful. You know, you could have put somebody else in the Rock spot, could have been successful. You could have put somebody else in, in, in another spot. And they had been successful, but you couldn't have had another Hulk Hogan. There was nobody else. I mean, look at the shift from Bob Backlund to Hulk Hogan, you know, super serious, Mr. Wrestling himself, to larger-than-life Hogan. And that's, to me, why Hogan is the greatest ever. And, of course, Hogan's going to say that. But what is he going to go on 30 for 30 and say, well, you know, Rick Flair is great, but I'll still be I'll still be yeah. that. Like, I mean, honestly, what else is he going to say? I'm a Ric Flair, Flair special, the greatest of all time. You know how many times I've watched these DVDs because I used to love those WWE productions, and obviously there's an ESPN one, but they would, like, every guy's the greatest of all time. Oh, I think that Chris Jericho's the greatest of all time. Oh, you know, Shawn Michaels, the greatest. I've heard people say Shawn Michaels is the greatest of all time. The same people saying that Ric Flair is the greatest of all time have said also that Shawn Michaels is the greatest of all time. How could they both be the greatest of all time? Well, all I could ask is that you just be fair and if you do get a chance to watch the 30 for 30, watch it and then give me your opinion. Because he, he Ric Flair not only transcended, like I think, the sports, the, the wrestling world, along with Hogan. You know, uh, Flair did it down south, obviously. Um, but Hogan... Yeah, and that's uh, the other thing. Hogan, wait, Hogan did it nationwide. Hogan was popular pretty much everywhere he went. Ric Flair is not. Ric Flair was a regional guy in the south. He come up north, he was not that guy. That's kind of, that, that's another thing that ties in there. Hogan was popular almost everywhere he went. Flair, not so much. Yeah, if again, if you look at the 30 for 30, you'll see that a couple of people, like, um, for example, Michelle Beadle, I don't know if you know her, but she's on ESPN. She says that yeah. Vince is the one that was able to sell wrestling as a national product. I think that if Vince had owned the a the AWA or NWA slash NWA slash WCW, if he had owned that company and his father had owned that company, I think we'd be talking about how WCW or the NWA is the biggest product in the world. I I still think that it's like fifty fifty, maybe fifty one forty nine Hogan because of the Hogan uh, body and the build and the physique of him. But I I think with well, again, the charisma I, I think, too, you can't you can't understate the charisma. And, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Vince. Although Vince is seen now, he's washed up, he needs to go, and he's ruining the product now. At that time, he did what nobody else felt possible. He had vision that nobody else had, but he also had the right guy. I'm telling you, you put anybody else in Hogan's place, you put Piper, that company flops. You put Savage, that company flops. You put, you know, I mean, Bruno San Martino was great in the 70s, obviously, but you put anybody else in that, that time, and nobody does what Hogan was able to do. That's my point. Hogan, with the Vince machine, but Hogan himself, he was the right person. I love so you, The Rock, one of my favorites of all time. But, yeah. you know, there's no, there's nobody else that could have done what Hogan did. You make it Savage, great wrestler, great everything, just just impeccable. Savage was impeccable. He was a flawless performer. I think you would agree with that. Probably, you're going you're gonna to talk about the greatest performers, overall performers of all time. Randy Savage is top five, probably top three to me of all time. I would say... Uh, Michaels, him, and then probably Flair. You know, or the, I mean, to me, they're up there. You know, 
Randy Savage couldn't have done what Hogan did, and it kept going back to Hogan. They gave Savage the title for a year. All right, let's go back to Hogan. You know, they gave they tried to give Sibyl the title. Let's go back to Hogan. They tried to give the war the title. Let's go back to Hogan. Why? Because Hogan worked. Because Hogan wasn't shoved down our throats like every, Hogan. Everybody loved him, and that's the thing about Hogan that you gotta understand. Yes, Ric Flair had Space Mountain. Woo! Which is funny because I'm not at my computer, so I can't do. Are you at your computer? Or you're just on the phone. I'm, I'm assuming on, you're just on the phone. Yeah. 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 Because this is literally, we're talking about Ric Flair. This is the time you got to put the, the woo in there, and neither one of us is able to do it, which, of oh, course, yeah. is typical for your goal not to do it when we need to do it. But when you look at Hogan, when you look at what he did, when you look at what he was able to do, nobody else could have done that. And, again, greatest performers of all time, in-ring, blah, 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 all this stuff. You know, you look at him, and everybody loves Hulk Hogan, and you got to agree with this. Kids love Hulk Hogan. Nine-year-olds love Hulk Hogan. Five-year-olds love Hulk Hogan. 18-year-olds loved Hulk Hogan, men loved Hogan, women yeah. loved Hogan, kids, everybody had loved Hogan. <laughs> I need that wait a second button. Um, so let me ask you this question. Would you wait a second? What do you, what do you think was the biggest, uh, what do you think the, the biggest catchphrase is in, the, in, in wrestling history? Well, it's, it's the woo, of course, because, I mean, what else is it going to be? Everybody I mean, does I, it. People even yeah. do it. People do it in, in, in you know, mainstream media. Right, we did it about about eighty times throughout the the hockey game tonight with the woo. We didn't say what you're gonna do, brother. We said, "Oh well, come on, we were wooing the whole time." And let me ask you this: Can Hulk Hogan carry the company like you said as a heel Hulk Hogan? His name wasn't Hulk Hogan. We could, we keep calling him Hulk Hogan, but that's a name that Vince came up with, being the Irish Americans, I guess, during the 1980s. Hogan being an Irish name and used the word Hulk in front of it created this Hulk Hogan character, but can Hulk Hogan carry the company as a heel? Bulk Hogan? No. Uh, of course he can carry the company as a heel, but Flair couldn't carry the company as a heel either because he needed a Ricky Steamboat. He needed a thing. He needed faces to go up against. So he was a heel. Yeah, but, I mean, Flair, Flair has flopped back and forth between heel and face more than anybody else in the history of the world. Come on. No, I mean... All, again, all I could ask is that you watch the 30 for 30, and then we have another show right after that, because I think that you might be swayed just a little bit. Listen, I will never, as God is my witness, I will never, ever think that anybody else can replace Hulk Hogan. And again, you know, Flair is great. Flair is an all-time great, no doubt. But come on, I mean, Ric Flair had his, he had his terrible moments. He had some horrible you know, feuds and things like that. But when you look at the the Huckster, I mean, nobody else could do, and nobody could have done what what Bulk Fogan did. And you can say whatever you want about the Irish Americans. You could say this whole thing about, uh, you know, Vince McMahon and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yeah, of course, Vince played a major part. Put anybody else in that spot, there is no wrestling right now. Wrestling is, doesn't even exist without Hulk Hogan. You know it, I know it, the American people know it. I, I do feel that way. I mean, when we say Hulk Hogan, we do mean Hulk Hogan. We don't mean Terry Bollet because if it's Terry Bollet we're talking about, yeah, he would never be able to carry the company the way uh, and transcend wrestling to what it is today. But Hulk Hogan, yes, I agree with you. He's the one that turns it around because of the character, because of the patriotism. During the 80s, I mean, who, I think patriotism was at an all-time high. I think he ca- he carried that that patriotic feeling throughout the uh, you know throughout the whole world. Uh, he just he made sure that America was number one. This is when America was number one. I don't know if we're number one anymore, but this is when he you know Vince capitalized on the fact that you know Hulk Hogan stands for you know truth, justice, and the American way, just like Superman. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Do you have a woo there? Uh, I'm, no. trying, I'm trying to find it. That's all we... <laughs> there it is. No, wait, no, 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 wait a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, play the fool. Wait, first of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David, for a second. Let me... Wait a second. That's... That's not the greatest joke of all time. But anyway, like I get what you're saying. I understand the fact that you're 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 sucking up to Ric Flair. No, it makes you want to vomit. By the way, the fact that you've betrayed everything you stood for, and now you're firmly, you know, on your knees, joining the Ric Flair Kiss My Ass Club, makes me want to puke. Let me put it that way. 
You are not the person I thought you were, and you can G T H. I think I think Vince McMahon had a huge part in Hulk Hogan's success. I think if not fifty percent, maybe fifty-one percent. Well, you can't. Again, you can't deny it. And if you do, you're you're a filthy lying sack of moose turd. Put somebody else in Hogan's spot. Does he succeed like Hulk Hogan did with Vince McMahon? Why can't you take Larry Palfo and turn and make him Hulk Hogan? Do you? First of all, do you mean Lanny Palfo? I'm not sure who oh, Larry Palfo is. <laughs> Lanny, whatever. You, wait, you really think that the, the Nacho Man could have been as big as Hulk Hogan and carried wrestling and led the the 80s revolution? If you gave him the power to Hulk up every time and then be able to beat anybody he can because he's hulking up, yeah. You realize that Macho Man didn't have the physique to Hulk up like that. That's like saying if you put Daniel Bryan in the ring and you let Daniel Bryan Hulk up, he's going to win every match. Come on. Brock Lesnar is a monster because Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. But he has a physical build, so he's physically imposing. You can't tell me that you put anybody else in that spot. Macho Man had a great build, but come on, he's not Hogan. See, this is this is what this is where you lose me. When you're gonna sit here and you're gonna slurp it up, you're gonna slurp a derp everyone up. Yeah, you're gonna minimize Hulk Hogan. If I was in I wish I was in New Jersey right now, just so that I can kick you between the uprights. <laughs> And I can set this straight because you make me sick right now. I want to puke. Let's move on before I end this friendship and end this show. There's still what? more wrestling to talk about. We're going to talk about the Survivor Series. We're going to talk about the fact that you can go, go to hell because that's where you belong. Sir, again, before the show ends violently, something happened this week, something that has, was historic, something that has never been done before in the history of the W. WWF. This is this is pure gold because only on uh, our show can we go. only on our show can we not have a show for two months talk about wrestling this whole time. Meanwhile, Mike Francesa has about a month left to go. Hollywood <laughs> is going to hell. Donald Trump is in China while like the US, UCLA basketball team is stealing Louis Vuitton bags. I mean, the world's going oh, to hell. Love and, that. We still, and we still talk about wrestling. So what what happens for the first <laughs> well, time ever? We talk about we talk about old school wrestling. I mean, that we pretty much we've been arguing for the past like 20 minutes about Hulk Hogan being the greatest of all time. All right, so the WWE this week, the one and only, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, the man, the myth, the legend, became a two-time WWE champion, which in and of itself is not historic. What's historic is it's the first time in the history of the company that the title changed hands overseas. It has changed hands in Canada before. You mentioned Ric Flair, of course, second greatest of all time. And uh, Bret Hart, they happened in, like, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Gabagool, yep. Canada, so on a house show, mind you. Um, but on SmackDown this week, AJ Styles won the WWE Championship. He won it in England. It's the first time ever it's happened outside of North America. That's obviously historic. That's amazing. That's just something that's never been done before in the history of the planet. At least not recognized by the WWE because, uh, you know, from what I was telling you before about Bob Backlund losing to Antonio Noki, I don't remember if that was in Madison Square Garden. I, it probably was in the U.S. actually, but I, I remember reading somewhere that one of those title changes happened, but it was not recognized, so it kind of doesn't count. But anyway, so this is the first time it happens. My issue with that, I love the fact that AJ's champion again. Ginger's title reign is a joke. He's a joke. He is. He got this great physique, probably on roids, although he denies it. But this guy has no talent. Sucks in the ring. Sucks on the mic. Just sucks in general. Sucks the win. I mean, when his music hits, the crowd goes dead. Horrible. This this to me is the worst champion in the history of the WWE. He is the worst WWE champion. Obviously, there have been some turds who've been world heavyweight champion and other things. You mentioned David Arquette with WCW. That's obviously much worse. But at the end of the day, you took a complete jobber and said, hey, we're going to give him the title. That's like, let's make James, El- James Ellsworth champion. But problem with it is that this is a humongous, momentous occasion, right? This is a big deal. It happens a week ago they make this title match. It happens on a taped edition of SmackDown. Now, I'm sure this wasn't the plan a couple of weeks ago. and Maybe they did it because they wanted to kind of get eyes on, th- on it. You know, having that anticipation, people knowing that he won because it was taped. Um, more people tuned in. If I, from what I read, the ratings were actually really good. It went up quite a bit. 
Um, so, you know, good for them. But to me, it's like you have this product, SmackDown Live. It's called SmackDown Live. It's marketed as being a live show. And then this one time the title changes hands, historic and everything, it happens on a tape show. I mean, to me, that's just unconscionable, sir. I mean, I guess my question is, why? Um, I, I, the whole gender thing, to me, this, this is why wrestling is just not the same anymore, because I think Vince is a sellout. He he, he caters to the markets that he's trying to go into. So gender is um, you know, portrayed as an Indian American, or an Indian, right? Uh, he's from India or whatever. Even though he's Canadian, but yeah. Yeah, even though he's Canadian. So he portrays him as uh, somebody from India, and, you know, to get into the market, to get popularity, to get more money, he, he says, it's like, let's put the strap on him, let's put the championship on him, and let's see what he could do. Um, so I, th- my question is, why now, besides it being a taped smackdown, why would Vince and Triple H decide that now's the time to give AJ the title and have AJ take on Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series, where it's, it's not like it's title for title, so you could have still had Jinder versus Brock and had some kind of weird finish, but tell me, in your opinion, why now are they pulling the trigger on AJ Styles being a two-time champion two weeks before Survivor Series? Well, yeah, you said Summerfest, and that's great. The, the yeah. fact is, the only reason they do this is because, you know, when I heard, you and I talked about this privately, when I heard that the main event, the quote-unquote main event for Survivor Series was going to be Jinder Mahal against Brock Lesnar. I mean, you talk about zero interest. And I, I like Brock Lesnar. Zero interest. I would rather watch Brock Lesnar take a dump in the ring with a toilet for 20 minutes than watch that match. I have absolutely... I, I couldn't possibly have less interest. A champion versus champion. The, I mean, that's a joke. That's an absolute joke. Jinder Mahal doesn't even belong in the same company as Brock Lesnar, let alone the same ring. So that was going to be a slop fest. There were rumors going around that it was going to be Cena as the special guest referee to kind of bring more interest to that match. And this, again, I believe this was like a last-minute decision. They decided to say, you know what, the fans are trashing this. There's no interest. There's no buzz. Let's create buzz, instant buzz. When AJ lost to Finn Balor at the last uh, pay-per-view, the Raw pay-per-view, I actually forget what it was called. I don't even remember. Was it TLC? It was TLC pay-per-view. It was TLC, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so he he replaced randomly. We talked about this randomly. I don't know one replaces um, Kevin Owens. No, not Kevin Owens. Bray Wyatt in a match because Bray, you know, got the got the itis or whatever the hell he had. You know, there was a big pop fans love it. That it was great, right? And that that could be a whole other side note about how Finn Balor has this huge win over AJ Styles and then he gets jobbed out to Kane. But anyway, so. They said, oh, well, let, let's throw AJ in there. They put AJ in this match. AJ wins. It was a good match, exciting, you know, great finish and all that stuff. He was able to overcome the Singh brothers. He becomes champion. Now, all of a sudden, you have instant buzz. You have an instant classic match in the making. You have AJ Styles against Brock Lesnar. That's a match that I want to see. That's a dream match. That's a WrestleMania-worthy match. That can main event any WrestleMania. That's how big of a match that is versus Jinder and Brock. Horrible. So to me, that was the that was the only reason they did it because now instead of being just a part of Team SmackDown, he's going to be in the main event, which is going to be extremely anticipated. They've created all this buzz, and now to me, it's a must see event. Survivor Series went from being a snooze fest that I could skip because I have no interest in the Raw versus SmackDown, the brand superiority. To me, that's ridiculous. They're the same company. They're not owned separately. They're not private. It's stupid. And anybody who gets interested in that is insane. But that's a side note. Now you have instant buzz, makes it must-watch. I guarantee you, people are maybe going to subscribe to the network or whatever, but it's going to be a big deal for them, and they're going to get a lot of interest, uh, you know, social media. People are going to be talking about social media. It's going to be trending. I mean, that match, to me, let alone by itself, sells the pay-per-view. That's why they did this, sir. So you have a non-title Brock versus AJ Styles. Okay. And this is how desperate I feel Vince has become. Uh, I, I feel like it was more of a let's let's do this for shock value, and get the strap on AJ because I, I already feel like we've discussed this already before, uh, not on the show. But I mean, Jinder should most likely reclaim that belt before the Royal Rumble. And wh- what was again? My question is why? Like, are you really that desperate to sell this one pay per view? 
that you want to put the strap on AJ and then have him drop the strap maybe a week later at a SmackDown or at the next SmackDown pay-per-view. Um, so that's the thing that gets me is that it's not like AJ is going to carry his belt all the way to WrestleMania and fight someone he uh, should, for the title. He should, he should wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania. That would be amazing. Close up a show that, with that. Blow that would be a great match, but I get the feeling they will right. wrestle each other. It just won't be for the title. Well, which will be ridiculous, but anyway, so the, the, but first of all, let's be happy for one thing. The fact that Jinder Mahal right now is not the champion, he's not going to carry the belt all the way to WrestleMania, which would have been almost an entire year's champion, which is insane to me. Total side note, I still think it's insane that the longest title reign of all time in the WWE by a heel is JBL. He held the belt for like 10 months or something like 11 months, I forget what it was, but that's the longest heel title reign ever, which is insane to me, considering how many heels have held the belt. But anyway... So um, this guy's champion, AJ is a champion now, which, of course, we're going to get what we want and still complain about it because that's how we are as wrestling fans. But the truth is, you know, you sell Survivor Series, people are going to be interested in it, and Jinder's not the champ. He wins it back just because of the Indian third thing. To me, that's ridiculous. Their their reasoning is asinine. He was not built to be a star. He's not physically gifted to be a star. He's not a good wrestler. He has nothing going for him other than his physique. He literally has nothing going for him. He is like Randy Orton times 10. I mean, obviously, Roman Reigns can at least put on a decent match. This guy has nothing at all. So to me, I'm just glad that he's not the champ anymore. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But sadly, I do think he will regain the title shortly, sir. Yeah, I mean, you're intrigued by this match. Uh, uh, To me, like, there's no point of having, like, the champions fight each other. There's nothing at stake. I still think... You could really put some more intrigue into this pay-per-view, uh, besides having the you know Raw versus SmackDown uh, matches between each other. I really thought that, for example, I, I know this sounds weird to say, but if SmackDown had won their matches or had won the majority of matches, I thought they they should get the better picks in the Royal Rumble. Like the the top, you know, the, the from 15 to 30 should have been SmackDown people come down the ring, for example. I, I think if you make more incentives and you continue the storyline and not just have this a, this is like a one-off pay-per-view. It's just like Raw versus SmackDown, no titles on the line, but we're going to have champion versus champions take on each other to see who's winner. Okay, so like let's just say that the uh, the Usos beat, um, I guess the new tag team champions are Sheamus and Cesaro. Say they beat them. So what's, what? There's no incentive. There's no scorecard. It's just that they beat them. I, I, to me, that they dropped the ball. They could have made it a a lot more more intriguing if you had incentivized it uh, for like the Royal Rumble, for example. No, I agree with that. But the fact of the matter is, this WWE their booking makes no sense, and they do stuff by the seat of their pants. So that's a whole other story. But anyway, let, let's move on from wrestling because it really is getting kind of late, and I want to kind of talk about a couple other things, or at least one thing, real quick. Um, yeah. Total side note, total segue, complete opposite. So, give me your take on this whole, this whole thing with Hollywood, all these scandals, all these crazy things going on. To me, it seems like everyone is coming into the woodwork and everyone's being accused, and it minimizes. I'm not saying that. Clearly, some of this stuff really did happen. I don't doubt that for one second. By the way, don't you love how no break, nothing. Let's just completely switch into a completely off-topic thing. Nothing to do with wrestling. Well, not even close. We're, we're going from someone Jinder Mahal to you know sexual deviance. Um, you could, but anyway, so now, oh, sorry, let's go. No, I was gonna say you have the you have the sound effects. If you want to play some uh, models uh, plugging pure gold from three years ago, you you have the the opportunity well, if you want. <laughs> that is true, but I'm nowhere near my computer, and I'm not okay. gonna get up just to do that. But anyway, um, so and Kelly, our producer, has quit. So, um. When you look at all these accusations going on in Hollywood, to me, there's no way that all of this can be true, and there's also no way that none of it can be true. But give me your take, and then I'll, you know, I don't want to just talk too much because I've been doing that a lot tonight. But what do you think about all this? I, I mean, as a general statement, I, I don't. What I don't understand is how there's something that comes out uh, against somebody that's famous, uh, Kevin Spacey. Let's take him because he's the yeah. hot topic. I feel like. Something comes out against Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey makes a statement like, um, I had too much to drink, and uh, I apologize. And then you have, just like Bill Cosby, actually, all of a sudden you have, like, a, uh, like a, a so many people come out of the woodworks after, like, 20, 30 years plus and start saying, yeah, this happened to me, too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize the victims here, but what I'm trying to say is, 
I don't understand why it took you 20 years and it took somebody else to, to accuse this person of something, and now you're going to jump on top of that and say, oh, yeah, this happened to me too. If you're a victim, and I understand it's, it's hard to come out, but, like, why, why wait 25 years to come out and say, and for some people it's, it's, it hasn't been that long. For Kevin Spacey, he uh, apparently molested a, a 17-year-old or, or an 18-year-old um, a couple of years ago. But my question is, like, why do people wait so long? And why, the, I, I feel like Hollywood's going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> and um, the more liberal we become, um, it, it just gets worse and worse. Um, you know, I thought Trump could make a change, but I feel like even he is realizing that he's hamstrung in this new America that we live in. And um, unfortunately, it's become more liberal. And even the, even the Republicans to this point have even like turned their back against him, feeling that he's a one-term president and that he's gone against all his what he was what he stands for. And I feel like Trump should have ran as an independent at this point because I feel like nobody supports him anymore. And and Hollywood is just again to go back to Hollywood. Uh, I I just can't believe how bad it's going, how fast it's going right now. At this point, for The Rock to even, like, total side note, for The Rock to think that he can run for president, <laughs> it's just, that's a complete joke. And I, I like The Rock, you know, I like him as an entertainer. But for him to, like, think that he could go into the the, the, the ring of politics, I mean, look what's happening with these liberals. I, I, I It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> the sad thing is that The Rock probably could win and become president just because he's The Rock and for no other reason. That that I think that's the saddest part to me. But anyway, um, getting back to the whole Kevin Spacey thing, I mean, it started yep. with Harvey Weinstein, and then all of a sudden everybody comes out, you know, and nobody says anything. Everybody knows nobody says anything. There's payoffs, there's all these things. So the Kevin right. Spacey thing, I mean, the Harvey Weinstein stuff is bad, but the Kevin Spacey stuff makes me so sick because, I mean, first of all, this guy is one of the greatest actors of all time. I think that's pretty much hands down. But then he uses this platform. He gets accused of something by Anthony Rapp. It's been like 30 years, literally. And he uses this time, this moment, to say, like you, like you said, and I'm surprised you didn't touch on that. Oh yeah, I had too much to drink. I don't remember. Oh, by the way, I'm gay. You know, like that. He got a lot of flack for that because he basically, and it worked because a lot of people were talking about the fact that he came out of the closet, which he, this guy was notoriously um, famous or infamous for never discussing any of that type of stuff about his personal life. There were rumors. There was innuendo. I mean, there's been rumors about John Travolta for years. There's been rumors about Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise sued some people because of it, you know, which always when you go on the offensive instead of the defensive, it, it kind of makes it seem like, well, maybe it's not true. Um, Brett Ratner, the, the the guy responsible for one of the worst X-Men movies of all time, uh, X-Men 3, he was the director behind that. Um, he ended up – he ended up uh, – suing the woman who's accusing him. But anyway, you have the Kevin Spacey stuff. Doesn't deny it. Doesn't say it wasn't true. Doesn't say it couldn't have happened. Doesn't say there's no way that I did that. That's not true. He just uses it as an opportunity to come out of the closet. And then people were focusing on that instead of what he did. So this guy's a total deviant, a total burglar, a total sick freak. And, oh, by the way, I'm also, you know, this is how I feel. This is my orientation. So that kind of shifted the blame away. But the thing that gets me is that all of a sudden, oh, yeah, he's a jerk. John Bernthal, the guy who's uh, who played the Punisher and Daredevil, and his show's coming out uh, next week, I think, or the week after that. You know, the, they're going to premiere the, the Punisher series on Netflix. He talked about how Kevin Spacey was a creep and a jerk and this. All these people start coming out of the closet. That reporter and the son, he was 18 at the time or something. He was kind of ashamed of it. It happened a couple of years ago, like you said. So that one kind of makes a little bit of sense to me. And I know that the victim mentality is like, you know, I maybe I did something to deserve this, and I've heard that before from different people who've gone through similar things. But the fact is that these women and some of these men, some of them have really, like, pardon the expression, but have whored themselves out to Hollywood to become famous. They became famous. They became known by sleeping their way to the top. And whether they were coerced or not, you know, they still – Instead of coming out and saying, you know, my career be damned, I'm not going to let this person do this to me, I'm going to say what happened and maybe someone will believe me, they decided to play it safe and be quiet and not say anything and continue to get movie roles. It's not like this happened and they left acting. They stayed in Hollywood, you know, and to me it's like they were 
some of them, again, I'm not saying all of them, I'm not trying to minimize the victims, but some of them basically sold themselves out physically, prostituted themselves to get these parts, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I was raped, I was molested, this happened, and that happened. And I think that so many people waiting so long and coming out of the coming out out of the woodwork, literally every day it's a new story. Now there's all this stuff about Louis C.K. and that this this is weird to me. This is beyond weird, but apparently he is accused of pulling his pants down and you know taking care of business in front of women, in front of comedians and other women, you know, in, in like a hotel room, locking them in. And you know, pleasuring himself, forcing them to watch him. But that just makes I don't get I don't get how people are into that kind of stuff, and people are into all kinds of weird things. I don't get that. But you're basically just being a freak and a creep and a scumbag. And then there, what woman is gonna like that? How is that okay? Why do people think that that's okay? That's not even like the molesting. It's a, it's a form of assault, but it's not the same thing as you physically doing something to them when you're just doing it to yourself in front of them and making them watch. I mean, that's a whole other level of crazy. And before we went on the year, I read that there was like five different people accusing him of it or five new accusations. I mean, this is where we're going. This is the constant thing. Kevin Spacey, to me, there's no way Kevin Spacey ever acts again. His career is completely over, you know, which as it should, because he is a horrible human being. If even a third of this stuff is true. If even one of these accusations is true, he can, he can go straight to hell. But the point is that this is what Hollywood has become, and, you know, no one said anything, and no one defended, and, you know, everyone's getting attacked. It's it just, I, I feel like the true victims are going to get lost in this, and they're going to get drowned out, because there's so many people who, you know, using this as a, some sort of weird five, you know, 15 minutes of fame type of thing. And, I mean, who knows how this is true, and, you know, you jump to conclusions, and you think that everybody's bad, basically. And you, 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 you believe all these accusations, and some of them may well be made up. They may well be, but again, isn't the bigger statement that the society, the, I, I guess the liberal society, has really, you know, I don't, I don't know how to say it other than I feel like the liberal society has has caused all this to happen, and I feel like I, I know you can't like generalize, but it seems like the the Hollywood, the media, um, it's it's just it goes hand in hand to me, and I feel like. This is what's wrong with today's society, and it, it, I don't see it getting any better. Do you? <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with you on that, and, you know, the politics are getting worse. And what gets me is a lot of these men, like people, like Louis C.K., were, yeah. were bashing Trump and talking about what a dirtbag he is, and, and look at what a dirtbag Louis is, you know. And this is this is the stuff that gets me. You know, I, I read something about um, Rosie O'Donnell was mocking Donald Trump because of his weight. I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, but really? Rosie O'Donnell's going to mock anybody on this planet because of their weight? Are you kidding me? You know, all these liberals hate Trump, and the hatred for him is, like, real, and it's just, it's insane. But they're being exposed for the for the horrible, disgusting human beings that they are, and they're accusing Trump of all these terrible things. Meanwhile, it's all coming out of the, out of the closet, pun intended, that they're doing terrible things, too worse things are actually doing these things, not just accusations, but things have actually been done. And that's what gets me, sir. It's it, honestly, this, this world is going to hell. And I just don't think there's anything else to do but to end this show because it's really gone off the rails. Well, before we end the show, I do want to uh, congratulate you on the newest addition to your family. Another Pure Gold member has joined the family and uh, only born, what, she's about a month old now, almost? Um, try two weeks, sir. Oh, I'm thinking about someone else. Sorry, not even close. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were because you, uh, you and all your your peeps, you and all your peeps. And there she course, is. But, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, definitely, obviously, maybe. Oh, Lou, very nice. Wait, that, what is the point? We'll have to try to do a show before Mike <laughs> retires for good because uh, the the WFAN's still in flux, even though we've uh, we've done a show in September. <laughs> Do you know that the month of November is the month of Movember, they call it? Wait, really? The month of Movember? Uh, they're, they're calling it the Mike of the Mike Vember uh, because they're playing the funniest clips that Mike has said uh, over the last, uh, whatever, 30 years. <laughs> Joe from Wallington. <laughs> yeah, definitely Joe from Wallington. I'm saying, what's up, Joe? Um, all right, sir. You know, i got to end the show. I'm, I'm over here being pulled in different directions, and, you know, as great as this has been, 
greatest episode we've ever done. I mean, there's so much more. We could literally talk for hours on these we shows did. and not even cover everything, which is the crazy part. But, um, yeah. you know, it's been a pleasure. Yours, of course, and uh, I'm sure that we will be able to get together again very soon. Not in person, of course, but you're right. we got to do more shows, and we absolutely have to lock it up, throw away the key. We have to do a November, uh, a November show. We have to do a Survivor Series show just because that's the last time we were in person, which was exactly. last year in New Jersey. We did a Survivor Series show, so this is in, this is gonna be it. So um, as I as I'm trying to finish the show, my, my wife is over here uh, putting milk in the bottle for the baby and talking incessantly, and my kids are talking. And of course, gotta love it. All the listeners that we have, there's nobody listening. That's the best part. There's actually nobody listening to this right now, and we're just ranting and raving. But it, and, of course, she's the producer. She just renamed herself the producer. But anyway, folks, uh, it's, 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 would you just call, please? I'm trying to end the show here. Unbelievable. <laughs> this, this, this is the kind of low-budget stuff that I'm talking about. I need my own studio. I can't get a studio, and I'm just here with, with everybody all over the place. Why my kids are still up, only God knows. But anyway, folks, it's been a pleasure. Yours, of course. And uh, there's nothing left to, still, to say or do. But, What's the name of your show? Pure uh, Gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are. Nikki. You know, the, the best part is the way that Mike says pure gold. <laughs> it's it's one of my absolute favorite things, sir. The, the fact that Mike is just so great. I agree. But anyway, sir, um, you know, it's it's truly been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Shame on you! <laughs> Sir, sir, uh, when are we going to do another show? Uh, right after Survivor Series is probably the best. Oh, what's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. <laughs> I, honestly, I love that clip simply because Mike is so... He's just like... Uh, Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> sir, it's been a pleasure. We'll talk soon. Folks, make you sure got- you check us out. PureGoldPG.com. Woo! Woo! Oh, and in honor of the the second greatest wrestler of all time. Good night, folks.